This is the Literation Room Podcast, where we are having real conversations with real people in media. And we strive to be real and authentic in a world where the truth can be a little bit hazy. This season is all about music, from the business to making songs to how to produce to getting in the industry. This is your one-stop shop for the music business. We are talking with artists, A&Rs, producers, everyone you can think of in the world so that you can understand a little bit better on how music is made. So if you're excited to hear that, listen to this episode. It's your girl, Alicia B, and you are now in the place to be. Welcome to the Lituation Room. And y'all, we already know how this going to go. Yes, it's season three. If you have not listened to the other episodes, you know what I do. Go back. So today, you know, we're doing a little collab. collab. You know, I got to give it to my fellow podcasters doing beat shit out here. <laughs> it's my girl, Madison, uh, Majestic Mix, period. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the people. Hey, guys. Well, I'm Madison Murray. I'm a multimedia journalist, a podcast host, and a full-time student at Nerdcon at 18. Um, I'm currently a blogger for Sony Music U. I work with Culture Fusion Agency, which is a music marketing agency for college students who want to take that step and get into the music industry and also I do a little bit of ambassador work so that's just a little bit about me all right so with everything that you do the first question that I feel like I should always ask especially as a full-time college student having to balance so much especially right now with you know school not being like in person how are you able to balance so many different things at one time for me I really just take it day by day I'm very organized I try to utilize my planner as much as I can sometimes I'll have days where I can't even fit the event on my planner because I have so much to do but the way I really look at it is we have 24 hours in a day we got 24 hours and you got 12 tasks that's that's an hour per task and you still got 12 more hours. So I sometimes I really just have to sacrifice my sleep, my free time and just get things done because stuff got to get done. Exactly. Exactly. OK, so what kind of made you realize that the music industry was where you wanted to, you know, start a career in? Ooh, I would like to say the music industry kind of chose me, to be honest with you, because I my ultimate goal is to do TV work, TV personality work. But I would say over quarantine, when I was in my room trying to figure out where do I want to start within my career, because in journalism, it's so broad. So I was just thinking, like, well, I like music. So let me see if... There are some, you know, some music panels I can sit and watch. And then, like, Music Month just so happened to be in June. And so there was a lot of those going on. And I know with Coach Fusion Agency, I was just tapping into them because they had a lot of cool mixtures with different producers coming out. And so I just basically just put my face in there. And I will always be active in the chat, just letting them know I'm there. And from there, I connected with a lot of these people on LinkedIn and I feel like the music opportunities just open themselves because one of the girls that's in country to Agency with me, shout out to Taylor, if she's listening to this, Miss Taylor was the one that sent me the Sony opportunity and that my lead at Sony was actually looking for a student like me who had the interest, the writing samples, um, anybody who does radio or podcasting. And so that kind of just fell into place. And here we are now interviewing artists, writing all about them. I love it. 
Yes. Okay. So with the podcast, you started a year ago. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. What kind of sparked your interest in doing that? Because I feel like a lot of people have reached out to me being like, I want to start one, but it feels like it's very oversaturated and everybody named mama and they two kids got a podcast. So why did you want to start? And then how was the process of coming up with the name and the vision that you wanted? You know what? This started my freshman year. This idea was in my mind. I was like, I'm on this campus. Let me do something to stand out. I know where I want to go in life. So I need to just find that first step. And so finding that first step for me was between two things. Either I can get on YouTube and start fresh and just build up my following, or I can utilize a platform I'm already on, which is Instagram, create a new page, get those followers from my personal page to another page and just create a platform off of that. So when I thought about that, I ultimately came up with, why not start a podcast? I, um, I didn't know too many people at the time with a podcast. So it was a little hard getting started. My freshman year, like I said, I sat in my room and I planned it out. I just wrote in my journal what I wanted to do. And that summer, I did research on top of research on top of research. Um, You were, let me tell you, (laughs) one of the first podcasts that I tuned into, because at that time, I really wasn't like an avid podcast listener, but I knew I liked the concept. And so, yeah, I spent that summer trying to grasp the concept. I came back sophomore year and we launched in October, which is now a year. And so the naming process, I know I wanted it to be super personal to me. So I was like, okay, my initials are MM. And so I was just writing down different words that describe me, but also started with M since I'm double M. So Majestic just came to my mind and I literally went to Google just to make sure I wasn't tripping about this word. And I was like, oh, okay, Majestic has a good meeting, you know, beautiful, graceful. And then I was like, I know this podcast. I want to go everywhere with it, literally. Like, I don't just want to be in a box with it. If I have something of my interest that I would love to just bring and I know people want to hear, let's just bring it on. So that's how Mix came. And then I just put them together and that there was my name. Literally, I think... The next week we went and shot the cover and I was like, I'm ready to go. It's go time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people when, especially when they come to me, they're just like, how do you get started? What do you do? What's the first thing? Let's talk about, you know, how we kind of like the first things that we decided to do when it came to the podcast. Cause I feel like there's a lot out there on Google and like research wise, but trying to consolidate it and figure out what the first step is. What did you take as your first step? Of course, research. Definitely. That's the first step. But when you go to Google, it's going to tell you that you need two mics, headphones, a soundboard. Um, you need a good software on your laptop. And so me being in college, that just was not in reach. At that point, that was not at all in reach. And so I came across this microphone on Amazon. It's a Blue Yeti. It's really dope. And I, I noticed that it was a USB mic. So I just thought, like, okay, well, if I if it's a USB, I can obviously plug it into my computer. And I know there's Adobe Audition and Audacity and different softwares like that I can use. So, you know, when I ultimately bought my mic before I launched, I was sitting there, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, just recording and teaching myself how to edit. And when I figured out I only needed a set of headphones, my laptop, and one mic, that can pick up around the whole room. I was like, that soundboard gonna have to wait because I'm not on TV yet or I'm not like mm-hmm. producing like a huge, huge thing yet. So honestly, if you're just starting, 
don't let Google pressure you into buying stuff you do not know how to use. Now, you know you know how to talk in a microphone. Utilize that while you can. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that's the thing because for me, I also have a blue uh, Yeti. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if people are have been here since, you know, the OG season one, that's, you know, the cover art of the whole thing. So I definitely use that and I definitely would put it in the middle of us because luckily Yeti has different settings where you can change it depending on the direction of the person speaking. And I just put it there. And I recently just got this one, um, maybe like six months ago. And I'm about to get another one, but that's for like a completely different situation. So now I'm going to have three mics. So I, <laughs> so it's like, take your time. Like she said, don't think that you have to rush anything. I think the beautiful thing about podcasts is that you can just get it wrong and people yes. are okay with it. You're yes. a lot, um, there's a lot less, more leniency with podcasting than, you know, radio because with radio you have to have that good quality if you do not you're gonna set yourself up but yeah researching was definitely the first thing I researched like crazy luckily I wrote down everything that I researched and how I went about it which is why I feel like this master class is going to be really good but I feel like as a creative we tend to see these as our babies, our children, like the firstborn thing. So like we put our heart and soul into it. So I feel like this next question is going to be a tad bit hard for you. It's, a, it's hard for me. For people that don't, haven't heard the podcast, what is like the, your favorite episode Ooh, out currently? Wow. Actually, <laughs> I know my favorite episode because I actually got it print, printed on a plaque. So mm. I did an episode that was all about healing. And a lot of times college students, we don't have time to heal. We have to hold our emotions back and, you know what I'm saying, get that work done, mm-hmm. be in that org, be present, things like that. And so I made one all about healing. But luckily, it came to me during quarantine because <laughs> I really didn't have much to do but focus on the podcast and right. that engagement up. Um I would say that's my favorite episode because it's my most personal. And for me, I love to connect with my audience. Some people that actually listen to my podcast hit me up day to day with questions and they need advice. And sometimes that even inspires me to get on the mic and just make a different episode, a separate episode mm-hmm. about it. So I think I might do a part two to this one because it was super good. It was super Ooh. personal. And it's actually one of my top plays. And Yay. I know, thanks girl, based <laughs> off of based off of that performance and the amount of people that hit me up after that episode, I know that I have to keep speaking on that. If something else comes to me, I just might make it a series, but that's definitely my favorite episode. Yeah. I don't think I have one. I think I could tell you like a favorite of each season, but like not overall. Like I don't, I don't think that's possible because each season is so different. Like season one, is like the beginning. So you're like loving everything that you do because it's just like so new. And right. then season two, I feel like, you know, I had a little bit more grounded. I knew what I was going to say. I was much more comfortable. Season three, a whole different vibe, clearly. So I definitely can't pinpoint. And then when it comes time for like, God, season four, I'm definitely not going to be able to say what my favorite episode this season is just from what I know right now. A lot of people are, when they think about podcasts, they think about, oh, it's just talking in a mic. Right. Oh, no. And I just want to, I just want people to know it's much more than that. If you're taking this seriously and want it, to be a success on the level that both of us want to see our podcast get to, it's a lot 
of things going behind it. If you are doing a weekly podcast, wow. child. Wow. child. You ain't got nothing I, time on your hands. Nothing but time, clearly, because <laughs> not only do people, I th- think people don't think of the process of execution because it's not just, we talk in the mic and then it goes up. There's so much more to that. So can you talk about your personal process and then later I can talk about mine? For my process, honestly, I start with the inspiration. If something comes to me, I never take suggestions. That's another thing. I don't know what it is about not taking suggestions, but I feel like if I take a suggestion, I'm going to try to perfect it even harder than if some idea just comes to me and I know I want to record on it. So I try to literally just let the inspiration come in. Whatever my heart tell me to do or the good Lord tell me to do, I just go ahead and record it. My process, okay, I get the inspiration and I make notes. Making notes is going to save your life. People, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a video podcast, you can literally sit with your notebook in front of you and just not necessarily read off of it, but use it as a guide in case you don't know what to say. And so I'll dress that out the organization of how I want it to go. And then that's when I go ahead and record. Now, sometimes recording take me like four hours, y'all. I'm not even going to lie to you because if, let's say my voice cracked or I don't like the way I said something, I'm going to edit it out. The whole clip is going out. I might start over from the beginning or I might start from the part that I edited out. So for me, I try to edit as I go sometimes. I'm not, if I don't have a guest, it's easier for me to edit as I go because if it's just me talking, then I can stop and just take that out and add some more. And so after the recording process, that's when I really do the detailed editing. Do I want to add music? Um, did something else happen that I want to touch on before I actually send the episode to Anchor? If y'all don't got Anchor, get Anchor. Anchor's your best friend. No cat, but I know y'all heard the ad in the beginning of the podcast. Period. anchor is literally everything so by the time i send it over to anchor it's already scheduled for that week so my process takes between two one week to two weeks um that's why i'm going the bi-weekly route i used to do weekly but bi-weekly i think it's more convenient if you're in college as well that Mm -hmm. way you have time to do everything and have time for your podcast and then after that promo (laughs) it's time to make flyers Mm -hmm. it's time to tease the episode if you've already have it recorded throw a snippet out why not Mm -hmm. um then after promo the episode's up you got a week of rollout to do i wouldn't suggest posting every day but yeah you know find those days where you know that your following is actually on and active so make sure you have their attention it's a lot into this process. It's like Alicia said, it's not just <laughs> plugging up the mic and just talking just to hear yourself talk. Right. It, it's a lot behind it. And if you don't have a team, I don't want to say it can be overwhelming, but it's going to take a lot of your time. So mm-hmm. if this is something you're serious about doing, I would just say, please make good time for it. Yes. I feel like the first thing that I say to people, which is going to be the first thing I say, you know, when this class comes out is commitment is key when it comes out to podcasts. You can't just put out a podcast and then not do anything for months and then think that you're still going to get that engagement that you got whenever you put out that episode. Right. Um, my process is definitely similar to yours. I feel like, you know, key things, but I think for the first, for me, I think mine's a little bit different. This is why I wanted to ask you because yours um, you would do a mix of guests and just soul episodes. For me, 
I have guests on every last single episode. So before I can even plan what an episode is, I have to do the work to get and I guess booked. So I have to be shooting my shot in DMs, sending emails to people, coming up with a detailed professional email is so key. I think the reason why people say yes so quickly is because I have I have a the perfect email. Um, you're able to understand what the podcast is if you've never heard it. All the links are there. Once I do that and have that scheduled, it's coming up with the concept then because I want the concept to be natural to guests because one thing about guests is 10 times out of 10, they have not been on a podcast or don't know how to talk on a mic or are very uncomfortable around, you know, a recording setting, whether it's video or just audio. So I try to make the context about like surrounding them so that they can feel more comfortable because the whole thing is for a podcast it's supposed to feel natural. It's supposed to feel like a conversation. I try to do that. And then the next part, you know, recording, doing all the hoopty hoop. Unfortunately, I can't do the whole edit while it's happening. Would love to do that because I would take up less time. It's definitely harder when you have a guest because you just got to roll with it. It did. Mm-hmm. And then editing for me takes, it could take some time because I am very particular about my my edits if i hear any breaths it gotta go gotta go gotta go baby and that's (laughs) like every five seconds for some people who are not used to that and then it's like it's taking me it's taking me either two to a week so before i would say you're really trying to make a podcast and this is your first time doing a podcast a bi-weekly schedule is going to be your best friend because it gives you time to do this editing because editing is going to be the bulk of the time doing podcasting. Recording is really not going to take you that long if you, you know, know what you're talking about and plan it out properly. But the editing is really what's going to be key because if your quality and it sounds raunchy when other people are listening, they're not (laughs) going to want to listen to it anymore. So then after that, promotion is literally my favorite part of the entire thing. I love recording. Don't get me wrong. Editing is a pain in the ass. So I don't like that. (laughs) But promotion is so key to me because that's when I can really like show the creativity behind everything and get people engaged for something. And I don't take suggestions like you do, like you said, but Sometimes if something, if I've been sitting on something for a minute and someone validates that, then I'm like, okay, cool. And through promoting, I get more people engaged and more people engaged each time. So for me, I think the most important part is promotion because if you're not promoting, you're just making a podcast that no one's listening right, to. What you doing? <laughs> what you doing, baby? <laughs> and then, yeah, the rollout after the podcast, I feel like people don't realize that that's key it's so don't want to just put the podcast out and say nothing out about that episode into the next episode nobody's going to see it nobody's going to care honestly if you care they care Mm -hmm. i feel like with especially if you're doing this from an instagram algorithm it's so important to take that time to do that secondary rollout because once the episode's out you should be making a content where 
I feel like this is for everybody. This is going to get, go into marketing. So, hey, marketing people. <laughs> for Instagram, it's always key to do a call, and a call to action. So I feel like for secondary rollout, that's key. Because it's like, did you guys like the episode? What was your favorite part? Or, you know, if it's like the middle of the season or something, what was your favorite episode of the season? Let us know in the comments below. Like, it gives people the, you know, the call to actually respond. Because I feel like people, you got to think about, people as six-year-olds. Six-year-olds want to feel a part of something. They want, they want their hands all up in it. So if they change, changing it to the podcasting, if your audience doesn't feel like they're a part of your process, they're not going to engage. The only way they can feel a part of it is if, you know, Anchor has a beautiful way where you can send voice messages and put, you know, people into the actual episode if you're able to do that. Or, Posting them when they talk about your podcast, you know, really hyping them up. But them comment sections be your best friend. And don't just let them comments sit there and just hard them. Like, you need to be responding. Definitely. Responding is key. Your audience really wants to know if you're real or not. Is this a real thing or are you faking it? Nobody wants to listen to a robot. Come on, respond to the people. People know when you're fake. They do know. It shows. It's so easy at this point. I feel like with social media, we're very aware of when you trying too hard and when it's, you just need to chill out. <laughs> that confidence. You just got to be confident about what you do. That's so key. Please be confident. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get on to the next part of the beautiful medicine. <laughs> so we're going to roll this right on. So... You already talked about culture fusion, but I feel like we need to get real nitty gritty into it and like why that agency is so important as a whole before we get into Sony, because I feel like Sony is important, but culture fusion is doing something that I didn't even notice in college. So I want other people to know about it. Let me tell y'all about my family at culture fusion agency. I love everybody a part of it. So it is basically a creative marketing agency for college students, and I believe we have some grad who want to venture off in the music industry. So the founders are Monique Lewis and China Marie. Shout out to them. Monique comes from a A&R background. She's been with Interscope. And China Marie is a recording artist. And so they teamed up and they created the agency so they can do different activations and rollouts for artists signed everywhere. Like we've already worked with Atlantic, Interscope, 300 Entertainment. Um, We had some independent artists come in and it started with them. But what happened was the work, it was coming in a lot. So the ambassador program was formed so that we can have a part in what's going on. And they already do a lot of webinars connecting to the college market, which the sole target is the college market. And so that's kind of how they drafted it. But I can tell y'all about some of the work I've done so far that I can speak on. I am currently working with Trey Songs. Trey Songs just released his new album, Back Home. And we did a complete rollout for that. Um, I've also... I've worked with Sway Lee. My Sway Lee interview actually just dropped. And there's a few more artists that I cannot say yet. But I just want y'all to know that it's huge. And if you are in college, I would suggest you follow at Culture Fusion Agency. That way you can definitely get your foot in the door with the music industry. Because once you get your foot in, 
it's really, really, really hard to be noticed. But once your foot is in, do something about it. Don't just don't just be like, oh, I work for the music industry. Okay, show us. Like, what do you, what can you do? And Definitely show. with yeah. music industry, I feel like. It's hard to get your foot in the door, but once you do, you have to kick it down, slam it, like show people what you're really about because the only way that you're going to be in that level that you want to get to is starting from the bottom. And now we hear period, Drake, or whatever Drake said. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, the music industry is really big. People think it's just this small secret society. It's really not. It's huge. There's people for everything. What I learned during the culture, culture fusion was that there's actually a team behind artists rollouts. Like people actually sit in the room and try to figure out, okay, how can we promote this album or this single is about to drop? What can we do creatively to make it sell? And I would say, I'm proud to say that Trey Songz's album is number one on the R&B charts. So we had a successful yes. rollout campaign. Definitely. It was so successful. And our target was the college market. And I think the college market basically received it well because our engagement was super high. And the album being number one, that's the proof. <laughs> right, right. I feel like people don't think about how much work goes into that process. And I did before, but after I talked to um, my season two guest, her name's Janae Brown. She's worked with, you know, RCA, Sony and everybody. And she now has her own agency. But, you know, hearing the process of like how in detail they go into these rollouts, like to the time that it's dropping to everything, like not to mention Ariana Grande, but Ariana Grande's like rollout for this single that came out even though this is going to be a while ago. But her rollout was so... I don't think people realize how OD that thing was. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, because this is going to come out later, but Ariana Ariana dropped positions. (laughs) And one thing about Ariana, she don't really tell us when she dropping stuff. She She just drop it. So I'm pleased to at least know that we had at least like a week to like prepare for this at least single. And then, you know, the following week we're gonna get the actual album but I do believe that this rollout was so beautiful because one it got people hyped because you didn't know what the music sounded like you didn't know what the video was gonna look like you damn near didn't know what the album was like (laughs) vibe was because it was just a timer on her website like everything else was gone from the website it was just a timer then once the once the single came out and that video came out it made sense why it came out that day. If you have not seen the video, the song is pretty much talking about her being what a man's or a female because you're like both. Um, <laughs> and, you know, being able to switch up, you know, being, you know, in public and then, you know, switching positions in private. You feel me? So <laughs> she makes the video like she's the president of these here United States of America and the White House with a female, all minority team on the day of the last presidential debate. I don't think people realize how beautiful that was. Like, when I watched that video, I said, "Mm mm-hmm. Even down to her look, like the look was 
fitting. It was giving like, uh, I won't say modern day, but like, oh, of course, older, like first lady. Mm-hmm. I got the bumps on the ends of my hair. Mm-hmm. It was really Definitely cool. Jackie really yes, super intricate. I love that. And that, that even made me want to go harder as a creative within the music industry because it's just like, oh, there's really no limit to this. Mm-hmm. If the artist or in the, the team, if they love it, they're going to do it. But it's sometimes you can throw an idea out and they not like it, but there's really no limit to it. Like that just makes me want to go even harder with this stuff. Right. And I feel like people in this industry, they sometimes, you know, people get those no's or they get discouraged by everything. But in this industry, people be saying that you got to have a thick skin and they not lying. Like you just have to have stuff bounce back. If people don't like what you came out with the first time, okay, take the feedback and then roll out with it. Because at least you're not stopping. You're taking, you know, the criticism, you're taking the feedback and you're using it to your advantage. And I feel like that's why artists are so good. Like Tiana Taylor's rollouts. For this last album, her rollouts are perfection. I mean, that also comes with the fact that she's also a director with her own production team. She's super creative. But even before that, I feel like you could see her creativity even when it wasn't, you know, her immediate team. Right. And I feel like people don't, they don't see the vision sometimes because I don't, I don't know, that Ariana Grande drop just really shook me. It was so good. Okay, speaking of artists, who would you want to work with in the near future? I honestly, I'm such an old head. I love old school hip hop and old school R&B. My dream collaboration has to be Q-Tip. I love everything that man does. I'm a huge Tribe Called Quest fan. And so if I could collab with him, I know I literally have made it and everything I've done was worth it. Um, Modern day artists right now, I really want to work with Megan Thee Stallion. I would love to do something really dope with her as far as rollout as far as fashion anything like that um who else do I like modern day right now um there's a lot of people I would love to work with like I'm such a fan of music that if I had to cross over a genre just to get some work done with somebody that's fine with me Mm -hmm. that is completely fine with me I just love music so so much all right, speaking of loving music, you already know the question I'm going to ask because I, I gave it to you earlier. <laughs> so what are your top five no-skip albums? Like when you play it, they're, like you're not skipping not hear one song from the album straight through. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I have, I have a lot of albums like that. But mm-hmm. I think right now, within this semester, this phase and my college journey, I would have to say Heaven or Hell by Don Tolliver. That album was so good. I don't know why he wasn't a double XL freshman, but no, 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 no. He was. He was? He, was. he was just not at the video because he wow. did not want to step out of COVID by uh, regulations. He wanted to stay in COVID, you know, you know in his own I quarantine. Wow. So he, that's, oh, that's why lovely. he wasn't a part of the video. Shout out to him. He's so dope. I love that <laughs> album. 
front to back, no skips, all songs. My most recent favorite no skip album is Savage Mode, 21 Savage and Metro Boomin. It's so good. OMG. <laughs> I just wish Morgan Freeman was on the cover. For me, if I was doing a rollout, I would have been like, Morgan Freeman got to be somewhere around on this cover. If Morgan Freeman was on that, first of all, that would have been iconic. So iconic. But, I mean, it was just iconic to have him narrate the whole... Yay. The whole album sequencing of that album, 21 and Metro did what they had to do. They told a story. They basically mm-hmm. told a story front to back. They had a narrator who's actually really popular in Hollywood amongst Black films. Mm-hmm. Even when he acts, like, he's really popular. And so just for them to pull that off, that was so dope to me. So dope to me. My next artist, well, my next album would have to be Lady Lady by Masego. I love Masego. I'm with all the good vibes. He fine. Masego, if you hear this, get at me. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, this is this is tough. Oh, I told y'all earlier I'm a huge Tribe Called Quest fan. Midnight Marauders is my favorite hip-hop album of all time. I love it. Good vibes. And the fifth one, ooh, this was really tough, but D'Angelo's Voodoo has been a star in my life forever. <laughs> so I definitely had to throw that out there. Um, I wish he would come back. He's such a good musician. But yeah, that's definitely my fifth one within my journey right now. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Love the different like situations because all those people are very different. Right. Okay. So if I give you four people, mm-hmm. one of them has to go. From my list? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you can only um, have four people, so you're five. One of them has to go. Oh, wow. And it's crazy because I just talked so highly of Don Tolliver. But <laughs> I had to kick him out because there's only – I only got one – I don't know. I have to kick him out for this category because – I don't know. Oh, this is so tough. But, yeah, he has to go because – the rest of these albums are just so amazing. I love them. Even every collab on these albums, which is not too many, because I think a lot of these albums don't have collaborations except for Lady Lady Masego. I'm just a fan of an artist who can just deliver on their own. I yeah. love that. I appreciate that about an artist. So, ooh, Don, I'm sorry. Love you, bud. But for this category, I got to boot you out. All right. So... This one's going to be hard. I'm going to give you two artists, and you have to kick one out. Okay. SZA or Ari Lennox? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I discovered SZA in middle school. I'm 20, y'all. I'm pretty young. I'm 20. Um, So I would have to say Ari simply because SZA and me, we already made that connect. (laughs) So um, not in real life, y'all, but like, Musically, spiritually. We're manifesting. Definitely. It's coming. Um, I love Ari so much, though. I've actually I've actually worked with Dreamville not too long ago for the festival. Ooh. And I'm sad it got canceled because I was on the street team. And the festival Girl, it was just going to be so good. I don't know what I was on. Like, I don't know which what the one that you get paid for. Was Is it festival related? Yeah. Yeah, street team, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it Street Team? I feel like I feel like that probably was it. But I was very hyped because that would have been my first Dreamville Festival because the last one I wasn't able to go to it. And like being yeah. in school when Dreamville Fest was there, I was so upset. 
So I was like, it's okay. Campus was wiped out because everybody was right. Everyone was gone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was because I had an internship, so I couldn't get out of it. But I knew even if I did have a job, I would just have to take time off because right. That that was working for Dreamville. I was so ready to go to that because a lot of my favorite artists were going to be present. I just know that for a fact. We didn't even get to see the roster or anything because COVID. So we had to scrap it, but you know what I'm saying? It's going to be back. It's coming back. Okay, speaking of Dreamville, who's your favorite Dreamville artist? Wow. Ari, I love you so much. Cole, I love you so much, but right now, it's Earth Game. Earth yes, Game Earth Game! Okay, Earth Game has been killing it lately. I literally... Bro, what was the... Their keep last talking. album? Keep talking, keep talking. That Spillage Village album was so good. That Spillage Village Spillage album. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out what the song that just spoke to my life... It's an Earth Gang song. Because it was on Spillagin. I'm trying to remember what song it is. Oh, Cupid featuring Lucky Day. That shit Ooh. took me to a whole nother level of life. Lucky Day is so talented. Love I'm him. Gang. Love wow. him. Amazing. There's just so much you can say about music and good music. But Earth Gang, right now, wow. I, I love them. I'm still not okay. off their first album. Okay, okay. What is an artist that you see right now that you feel like they're just going to, like, blow up? Ooh, Victoria Monet. Miss Victoria Monet, had it not been for quarantine, this is how I feel. She would have definitely blown to where she needs to be. Now, right now, she's hot, she's popping. People love her, but I know Victoria, she's definitely going to go far. Whatever she releases... Within this time frame, while we're still in quarantine, she's going to be successful. I don't know if y'all saw her. I think it was the Tonight Show performance. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And honestly, she's an artist that definitely resonated with me over quarantine because when she dropped Jaguar, wow. Jaguar's a good project. It really oh is. Oh, my gosh. The Touch Me remix with Kalani, what? What? Do you understand how iconic that was? Let's just talk about it for a second. First yes. of all, if anyone does not know, I am a stan for Kaylani. Like, y'all stan Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I'm not a part of the Beehive. But if Kaylani had, like, a like tsunami mob, like, we're not, like, crazy OD people. But, like, mm-hmm. if we were, I'd be a part of the crazy OD people. Like, <laughs> she's my wife. Like, I've gone to her, met her at a meet and greet, and said that we're married. And she's literally been, like, so where's the ring? And I was dead ass about to go and buy. You know what, girl? I was dead ass about to leave the line <laughs> and go and buy a ring and get down on one knee. Like, it was no joke. But <laughs> I think that that, like, remix in general was iconic. Because if yes. you know why the song was made, Ooh. it would make sense. Let's get into it. I only didn't know the story, girl. Kaylani has a song called Hate the Club. Yes. That literally has Monet, Victoria Monet's name in it. So a lot of people were speculating that the song was about her. Yeah. And then Victoria has, you know, Touch Me, which, you know, talks about tattoos and your hand being on my thigh riding in your por- in her Porsche. Plot twist, Kehlani has tattoos and she does have a Porsche. So <laughs> in earlier interviews, <laughs> Victoria had mentioned that she had, you know, just gotten out of a relationship or whatever and was heartbroken or whatever was the yes. case. Because the person that she was dating at the time or with at the time got pregnant. And around that time, Kaylani was pregnant. And it was never like 
Mm-hmm. It was never confirmed that they were talking about each other until this song, because not only did the songs both have their names in them, if you're like really listening to the lyrics, but Victoria decided to be, you know, a bad bitch and put <laughs> Hate the Club's song, like Spiel, in the intro of the Touch Me remix. And yes. then had Kate Lonnie on that bitch. Yes. That that's a moment. That was definitely a moment. And the, the timing of that was literally so perfect. Cause when Kalani dropped over quarantine, wow, that was a good album. But with Victoria being like, Oh, it's time. It's time. We, we, let's give it to him. And fans were literally us. asking for that to happen. Right. And it's like she listened to her fans because that's I needed that. I didn't know I needed it, but I needed that. I really appreciate that about artists. Artists that actually engage and connect and know exactly what their fans want to hear versus um, versus just putting things out just to see if, you know what I'm saying, they would like it. But sometimes they don't have a choice because labels yeah, yeah. and, you know, team and different things like that. But I really do appreciate when artists and their team and the people behind them actually listen to the fans and, right. you know, just deliver because that just, it makes you feel like, y'all are friends like I love feeling like I'm friends or I'm acquainted with somebody I'm working with whether it's an artist Mm -hmm. one of my guests on my podcast somebody in my class Mm -hmm. anybody like that when Sway Lee told me that my curls were popping I was like oh he my homeboy now he my homeboy I didn't know I don't know what to expect from that interview but super dope my takeaway from it is he is just so kind I really wish that you had said that your friend was available, i.e. me. Girl, I got you. We're gonna we're putting each other on. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I got one more. One more question. Mm. Are you ready? Yes. You know what the question Am is. <laughs> it's that question that you didn't want. <laughs> oh my god. God. If you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, mm. what would it be? I don't want to say a current song. I kind of want to throw it back a little bit because, <laughs> like I said, I'm such a fan of music. I'm a fan oh, yeah, of Yeah, I'm throwing mine back. I'm throwing mine back. Really? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I think my song would probably be Pink Cashmere by Prince. Because if y'all do not know, the way I grew up, my parents, they they played some of everything in the house. And Prince really resonated with me at a young age, just like MJ. So when they both died, it really affected me because as a child, I was so into their music. And so I would say Pink Cashmere by Prince because vocally he killed it. And if y'all don't know about Prince, Prince literally played every instrument on all, all his albums. He produced every album he's ever made I really admired that about him because how like how can one person just do so much but that really just shows you the sky is literally the limit like wow if y'all could see my face like if you're watching the YouTube video of this (laughs) my face was just so disgusted because I was really sitting here like there are children out here that don't know who Prince is and that is disgusting that's so true get into him if you honestly if you need somebody to get into and you, if anybody likes to study artists, sometimes I sit and I study, you know, different interviews, kind of just a better my craft. Mm-hmm. I will go back and watch his and just watch how 
the interviewer would just maneuver around him because he's really hard mm-hmm. to figure out. You never know what yeah. he's saying, right. but when he says it, it's going to be a word. As an artist, like if you're an inspiring artist or, you know, into that, you should also be studying like she's saying, like we both, because I do the same. I'm very particular about looking at interviews and like, I'm not just watching them for fun. Like I'm watching what type of questions they're asking, how the questions are relating to the artist and how the artist's vibe is when the question is asked. Because there's there's a method to the madness. Y'all just want the right. tea. We got to get to the tea. We got yes. to make a, a make a relationship first before we get to the tea. Literally. You, making an artist feel comfortable, that's super important. You can't just be like, oh, so when's the new single coming out? No, you got to build anticipation. Exactly. If you know you funny, make them laugh. Make them laugh a little bit, but don't make them cry laughing because <laughs> if you can make them smile, this is my thing for me. If I like can make an artist smile, like my interview with Flo Millie, um, she was laughing the whole time and I was laughing the whole time. I felt like we were homegirls because I brought up the fact that we're birthday twins. So if you want to throw out a fun fact mm-hmm. or, you know, just be cute, be funny, like, what's up? I like your hair, girl. You look good today. Do that. Mm-hmm. By all means, do that. I'm very much a big person to find connection. If we're from the DMV, I'd be like, what's the kid? Or if we're the same age, I'd be like, mm, not a little 23, not a, oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Love that. But just trying to figure out a common ground. And then I'm always very big, like, I know that an interview is good in my mind when an artist says, oh, I've never had that question before. Or that's yes. a really good question. Like, if I don't do that in an interview, I didn't do that interview justice. I didn't. Agree. Agree. Stand out. You got to find a way yeah. to stand out. If you actually are studying these artists and the way they're being interviewed, the questions that people love to ask them a lot, I would say try to stray away from those questions. Mm-hmm. That way, their response is not rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Keep them on their toes. Definitely. Yeah. So, just to wrap on air thing up, is there one thing that you would want to say to your younger self from your Ooh. current point in life? Mm, I would just tell her to keep going because this is always this is what I'm doing right now as far as being a, a multimedia journalist. This has been my plan since middle school. So there was times before I got to college that I was down myself like, wow, am I going to make it on TV? Are people actually going to listen to whatever I put out? Do people actually like me as a person? You got to get rid of all of that. So me going back telling little younger Madison, I would be like, girl, keep going and just be you because mm-hmm. people do appreciate when you are being genuine. People can feel if they don't see you, if you're on the mic, they can feel how confident you are, how authentic you are. Just be yourself. It is okay to be yourself. Don't try to don't try to up your personality or lower your personality for anybody. Your personality is literally perfect. You were cut out for this stuff. And that's why you're so successful right now as a college student. I would honestly, going back, I would not imagine all of this would happen in my life so early. I thought like this was like a later on thing, but no, 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 no. If you young and you hungry, eat. It's time to eat. It's go time. Make it happen. And don't just eat for yourself. Eat for others because you just never know what one person can do because I feel like the one thing, I've been bringing this up all season, but Issa Rae just did an amazing job with that quote because she said, network horizontally. Like, it's cool to network, you know, vertically with people that you want to see yourself being, but you never know who the next Spike Lee, who the next Beyonce, who the next L.A. Reid in this instant, because L.A. Reid was the epitome of his time in the music industry. 
So it's like, you just never know who's next to you and who you're connected to could be the next person who could get you a job or the next person to hire you or the next person to, you know, just bring your name into a room that you're not even in. So, you know, do what you got to do, but also make these connections because the music industry may be big, but it's hella small at the same time. You will get blackball growth, but quick. It's so true. And if you're in, a, if you walk in a room, right, and you feel the good energy, speak. I don't care who it is. Literally, go around the room, find somebody to talk to. If, if you're kind of awkward with conversation, then I would say, you know what I'm saying? When the vibes are right, and when you feel like the time is right, go ahead and introduce yourself because when she said network horizontally, that's such a, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Like my peers, sometimes they put me on to different things. Like I mentioned Taylor earlier. If it wasn't for Taylor sending me that Sony Music U needed a college rep, no, not a college rep, but a college blogger, I wouldn't have known like any of this. Like that Flo Millie interview, that would have never came about had my peer, just like me, who's also in the same agency as me, which is Coach Fusion Agency, I would have never known anything about that. Like, that opportunity would have just flown over my head and would have went to somebody else, but it was already mine. I started to think about that opportunity was literally already mine. And the way I knew it was mine was because when we got on the phone for the interview, she said everything, all the qualifications you have your resume is so impressive. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't never so. just look up and dab mm-hmm. myself up because I knew that was my opportunity. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. Give everybody the socials where they can find you, how to stay connected with your girl. All right, y'all. So my personal is Maddie by Nature. That's with two E's. Or if you type Madison Murray, it should just pop up. My Instagram for my podcast is The Majestic Mix. Um, tap in, tune in to that as well. And I would just say be on the lookout because I have a lot of cool stuff coming, a lot of cool artist collaborations. Definitely be on the lookout for that. Yes. Well, you already know I'm there. I'm there in everything. I'm so freaking proud of you you are killing it and i cannot wait to see what's next for you and you know we're gonna do our spiel too because you know you gotta subscribe to us on youtube i don't know if y'all didn't notice or not but you know you can watch this with our beautiful faces (laughs) over on youtube all you gotta do is search the Lituation room podcast and we there period or you know if you love a little instagram if you love a little little instagram give them a the Lituation R pod, give that a follow. Give it a couple of likes on the on the on the feed too. You know, run that up, drop Just for some yellow engagement. Hearts, you know, yellow flowers, yellow flowers, love that. When this episode um, come out, drop yellow hearts and yellow flowers on her page. Okay, drop some on my page. Just drop them so we know <laughs> that y'all came from this recording. This one. This one. That means that y'all stay to the end. Y'all real OGs. Right. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at the Lituation RMP. Um, you know the vibes over there. Or you can just go to our website and find everything. www.thelituationroompodcast.com because we are a company. Period. Period. Love to see it for everyone. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.